With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. All of us very much looking forward to the championship weekend about to unfold in Paris, this 2020 French Open, ready to come to a close. And we're going to get two really fun singles matches to decide all of the action. Iga Sviantek, the immensely talented 19-year-old pole, taking on 21-year-old American and 2020 Australian Open champion Sophia Kennan on the women's side. Of course, on the men's side, it looks like we're going to get a matchup we all always enjoy. Looks like Novak Djokovic going to be taking on Rafael Nadal. Now, of course, we here at Cracked Rackets have covered all the action these past two weeks in Paris. If you have missed any of our daily recaps, go check out our mini break podcast feed. Of course, if you want to hear our picks each and every day, tune in here on the Great Shot podcast or on our YouTube channel. You can see those picks in video form. Of course, you can also read my thoughts on the rest of the day's professional tennis action by seeing our ace of the day in article form on our website, crackedrackets.com. But we also love to use this Great Shot podcast as a platform for some of the other things going on in the tennis world. And of course, for all of us, we're making that transition summer to fall tennis and fall to winter tennis, outdoors to indoors. And what do we need to do to update our equipment to ensure our optimum performance during this changing of the seasons? Well, that's where we, you know, for those sorts of questions, we always turn to our friends at Midwest Sports because they are obviously the best in the business. They've got anything you could need from an equipment standpoint on their website, uh, MidwestSports.com. And of course, they've got the best experts in the business who can help answer any questions you may have. So we brought in one of those experts, Dave Lemke, our returning champion, joining the show once again to talk not only about the changes you can make to your equipment to, again, better optimize your performance this winter, uh, but also the difference between hardcore tennis and clay court tennis, the difference again in tension, string, shoes, uh, how you can make adjustments during these seasons, and then of course some of the fun giveaways going on right now at Midwest Sports. So very much looking forward to all of you listeners hearing this conversation. Of course, the reason we are able to do these podcasts day in, day out, because of the support we get from our friends, not only at Midwest Sports, but from our friends at DraftKings as well. You hear me say it every day, but of course, go to dkng.co slash cracked open to play along with us and our friends at DraftKings each and every day. And of course, go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15 to get 15% off any of your tennis equipment needs. Free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. And then of course, best of all, that free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. By the way, that's another topic we talk about in this podcast. What's the difference between extra duty and regular duty? Do the balls that are extra duty have an extra obligation to those users of them? I don't know. Find out from Dave Lemke. And with that in mind, let's get to my conversation with Midwest Sports, Dave Lemke.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Joining us on the podcast once again today, a returning champion here on our Crack Racket show. Also, our friend from Midwest Sports, Dave Limke. Welcome back. How are you doing today? Alex, I'm doing great. Weather's pretty nice. It's still 80 degrees in October. In Ohio, so I really don't have a lot to complain about. And then we've got French Open tennis going on right now, which is uh, that's never happened before, as far as I know. So yeah, it's uh, things are good here. Hope you're doing well. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. I am glad to hear you are doing well. I am also. And, you know, for many selfish reasons, I have always been a fan of late September, early October for me. A, I was born October 6th, so obviously this is always a fun time of year for me. But, yeah, to have that mix of tennis in there as well, it really is a different fall uh, than anything we are used to. And I will also say that, you know, I played a, a match this weekend, my first tennis match in many years. Not many. I'd say probably two plus years my first two out of three set match but more importantly it was the first time I picked up a racket in probably a month and I would say I played that match on Sunday or on Saturday today is the first day I have no lingering soreness and so like all I can think to myself is wow I'm actually getting older stuff's getting old right yeah it's not fun (laughs) well happy birthday a couple days oh thank you that's actually what I was fishing for the whole time no I yeah, I uh, I called my dad and I was like, Dad, like I I always make fun of him. I'm like, sometimes when you run, it looks like someone's punching you in the butt the whole time. And I was like, I tried to run the other day and I had the punch in the butt run. I was like, Oh my god, I was limping for the first mile. It was it was brutal. But anyways, it was great to be back on court. To your point, fall tennis is my favorite form of tennis. It was when our high school season was in Michigan, and there's just something about that late night. It's like six, seven p.m., sixty degrees outside. It's you know leaves are falling and it's just beautiful tennis weather and obviously we're treated to a grand slam as well and so before we get to our discussion on you know the latest happenings at Midwest Sports how people who are making adjustments to clay tennis what they should be doing from their equipment side curious your thoughts on this French Open because you know in singles it's been two completely different events right it looks like we're on a Nadal Djokovic collision course on the men's side meanwhile on the women's side you have two 21 year old and under players in Sofia Kennan and Iga Sviantek. Uh, your thoughts on the action in Paris? Uh, yeah, it's definitely been interesting. Um, you know, the weather there clearly has been uh, a challenge for a lot of players. And, uh, you know, I was looking at the, you know, usually when that's played in, in late May and early June, um, you know, what was the average weather uh, like in Paris compared to when they were going to have it this year? And it was interesting because it's actually historically it's supposed to be warmer this time of year. But that's not been the case, clearly. I mean, every day, everybody was out there you know, bundled up and under umbrellas and uh, uh, not having a great time. But, uh, um, yeah, the women's draw kind of just scattered all about and, you know, upsets left and right. And, and you know, how up losing one and two. And, I, I mean, it's just uh, – it's it's pretty crazy. Um, but it's, it's always interesting just to see who the players are that kind of rise to the top that can – kind of battle through this stuff. So I'm excited to see, uh, 
who comes out on top. I mean, I'm rooting for Kennan. Um, you know, she's American and, you know, she won the, the Australian too. So I, I think it'd be cool to see kind of a, you know, maybe a passing of the baton to, you know, a player who can reel off some additional Grand Slam titles and, um, you know, play all the tour events too. I mean, I always appreciated that she's, she's been playing every event and she kind of grinds through it where, you know, you could say Andreescu and Osaka. I mean, they clearly manage their schedules uh, extremely tightly. And uh, I don't know. I just have a little different level of respect for players that, that can kind of play week after week and then still have those big results on top of it. So, um, yeah, and then it's looking like Rafa and Djokovic. I guess Rafa, um, Rafa just won, and now uh, uh, Djokovic is out there with Sitsipas. So uh, that should be uh, – that should be interesting. I don't see Djokovic losing that one, but uh, yeah, that'll be the final. I think everybody was looking for. So um, I hope Rafa comes out on top. I just guys, just it's just so fun to watch an athlete that's at the top of of their game, like while their career is going on, and you kind of know that you don't have to watch this on a highlight reel on a thirty for thirty ten years from now. You know, you can watch it as it happens. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree with you. And obviously for Sophia Kennan's got the chance to become the first player since Angelique Kerber to win two Grand Slams in the same calendar year. And, you know, as we've watched this French Open unfold, it was a storyline early on and it's kind of fallen to the background. But there was a lot being made of the fact that the French Open switched balls this year. They went to a slightly heavier ball and the fact yeah. that because it was fall weather, how difficult it was to hit through these courts. Did you notice that watching early on? Because it did did feel like for the first three, four days, almost no one could hold serve or hit a winner. Yeah, I mean it's a different ball. Uh, I mean it's a new ball for uh, for us too. Um, from Wilson, now that they've kind of taken over that licensing agreement from Babolat, but I seem to remember Babolat kind of going through the same thing, you know, nine, ten years ago when they switched the ball, uh, Roland Garros to the Babolat ball. I mean, you know, Nadal talking about it. I mean, he's sponsored by Babolat, but he was still kind of coming out. Uh, against the, you know, the change in the ball. And um, yeah, I'm sure that wasn't helping matters either where it was already so cold and damp there and then to be using a ball that's kind of being called out to being slightly heavier than what everyone was used to. I, I that thing was probably like trying to hit a shot put. Um, but uh, um, we haven't sold enough of them to really get a gauge from like a, a, you know, a consumer standpoint, what the reception's been on it. Again, this is Wilson's kind of first year with it. And they kind of did a stutter step with the launch of, of their Roland Garros line because it was supposed to come out in the spring. Obviously things got delayed because of the pandemic, but um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I think anytime you change the ball, um, you know, we're going to find out at the Cincinnati event, I think next year, uh, because there was a changing of the ball there too. It had been penned for years and they were going to be switching it to the Wilson U S open. So um you know, always interesting to hear what the players have to say because, yeah, the ball is not standard for every event. It's uh, based on sponsorships and agreements and partnerships and all that stuff. So uh, it does have an effect on the players. So that was interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's again, it's amazing the fact that the tours don't have just one ball deal. They're like, hey, we're going to just partner with Wilson. We're going to partner. No, it's up to each individual entity. And again, that's a discussion for another time. But this yeah, is a good yeah. segue into, you know, the conversations we want to have today. And honestly, we can start with uh, – 
fit something as small as tennis balls because our Cracked Rackets fans know if they use that promo code CR15 at Midwest Sports, they're going to get a can of free Wilson Extra Duty tennis balls and, you know, extra duty versus regular duty. What does that mean? Can you sort of describe what distinguishes one tennis ball from another, what they play like? Um, yeah, I mean, just the, it's just the duty of the felt. Um, you know, if, you, if you're looking at the balls, you can differentiate them because uh, all the brands, uh, the regular duty balls will have the print in red, um, where extra duty, the print will be in black. That's just to differentiate the two, because otherwise, to the naked eye, you're not going to be able to tell the difference between the two. I mean, they, they bounce the same. It's really just the uh, regular duty ball has got a little thinner felt on it. Um, so it doesn't pick up the clay quite as much. Ideally, you're using regular duty balls on uh, a clay court um, or maybe a fast indoor court. And then extra duty balls are more ideal for an outdoor court where you want the uh, felt to be a little bit thicker, um, a little more resistant to fluffing up. You don't have to worry about the extra duty felt picking up the court surface because it's not like clay. It's not like a granular material. So, um but yeah, in a nutshell, regular duty, use them on clay courts, a little thinner felt. Uh, extra duty, use them on hard courts, especially outdoors. Um, it'll last a little bit longer. Felt won't fluff up as much. So, um, yeah, in a nutshell, that's that's the that's the thing. Um, can you use an extra duty ball on a clay court? Yes. Can you use a regular duty ball on a hard court? Yes. Uh, ideally, you're using them for the surface they're intended for. But uh, if you use one on the other uh, court, it, it wouldn't hurt anything. So, um, but yeah, in a nutshell, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a synonym for obligation, like the extra duty balls have an extra obligation to produce good tennis for their no. users. That's that, that is not what it means. Okay. Just, Definitely just wanted to not. clarify. <laughs> I mean, we, okay, just... we, we sell, we sell more extra duty balls, but I think it's just the connotation of extra people think, Oh, well, these are going to last longer. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, but the cores are the same on the balls in terms of the consistency of bounce and things like that. There's no difference in that regard. So, um, you know, good, bad, or otherwise we sell more extra duty balls, but more people play on, you know, hard courts than play on clay too. So, uh, think of it that way. Yeah, no. And of course, with the changing of the seasons, a reminder to everyone, do not leave the tennis balls in the car, in the garage. That's exactly how you ruin them. Um, And I'm sure that's something, you know, again, a a reminder. And, you know, as we get into the changing of the seasons, everyone needs to update their equipment, right? As we go from summer to fall, fall to winter, what are the trends you notice in things such as tension or, you know, what people should be doing differently with their equipment to adjust maybe accordingly? Um, you know, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how many people maybe prolong the outdoor season. Like maybe they're going to play outside a little bit longer than they had in the past. Um, you know, um, just for comfort reasons, they're not ready to get back inside. Their clubs got limited hours. Um, whatever the reason may be, um, you know, you'll definitely notice if you're playing outside colder temperatures, um, you know, the ball definitely doesn't travel as fast. You know, your racket might feel a little, uh, air quotes, deader than it would when it's, you know, the middle of July, um, you know, things you can do to counter that, um, you know, you can string the racket a little bit looser to get a little more power, a little larger sweet spot, uh, maybe a little more spin, which is interestingly enough, the same thing you would do if you were going to be playing predominantly on clay, you're trying to get a little more kind of bounce on the ball. Um, and the best way to achieve that is to string the racket a little bit looser. Um, 
you know, if you're using a really stiff polyester string, maybe you consider to going to something that's a little bit more playable, that's got a little more give to it. Uh, maybe a hybrid setup where you're doing half polyester and half multi-filament to give the to give the racket a little more bounce, a little more spring. Um, you know, that might help you if uh, you know as you're playing in the colder months, uh, especially if you're going to be staying outside. Um, you know, in terms of uh, footwear. Um, you know, that's personal preference. Um, we're big advocates of kind of staying on top of keeping your shoes updated. Um, you know, if you're moving indoors, I don't know if there's a huge call to action there um, to, to update your shoes, but it is something I would say if you're playing, you know, a couple, three times a week, um, it is something I'd probably evaluate, you know, every six months or so, uh, even if you're not putting a hole in the toe. You know, most people don't wear the shoes out visibly to where there's a big gaping hole in the outsole, but uh, the cushioning will start to flatten out. They call it compression set. So the material that the most tennis shoes are made out of, the midsole materials, uh, they're nice and springy, have a little rebound to them, nice cushion when they're new, but over time that, that fades and it degrades. And you don't necessarily know that. It's not like one day you put them on, my gosh, these feel terrible. You know, it's a, it's a degradation over time. So over the course of six, eight months, if you're playing, again, two, three times a week, um, that's something you might want to evaluate. Uh, never hurts. Um, and it's just going to make you feel better out on the court. You're not going to have the aches and pains. And um, traction will be better. And, um, yeah, I think you'll probably do your game a favor. So um, just something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think something we've all noticed, or maybe only I noticed because maybe I'm only looking at the soles of the feet of these players as they're playing the French Open match. Although I'm telling you, Novak Djokovic, really beautiful sole of his foot. But um, anyways, you're looking at these shoes and you know the, it's obvious the clay court shoes differ from the hard courts. And I know this is a very nerdy question, but how do they differ? It, 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 to me, it just seems like it's a flatter bottom than maybe it's, you see on a hard court shoe. Yeah. And I mean, I, normally we'd be having this conversation around, uh, you know, in May, May sure. when when clay court season for the general public is probably ramping up more. You know, typically that's played outside. Um, you know, you'd be gearing up to play on clay in, in May, maybe not so much October. But, um, you know, for those that are in areas where they can play on clay year round, you know, down south, southeast, southwest, um, if you're playing on clay a fair amount, ideally you have a clay court specific outsole, which in most cases just means it's got a, uh, a herringbone pattern, kind of a chevron zigzag looking pattern. If you look at the bottom of the shoe and just the idea with that is that it kind of, it grips the clay, but then it releases the clay. So it gives you the ability to have a certain level of traction, but not so much so that you don't have the ability to slide a little bit yet. Yeah, Novak and, and Rafa, I mean, are two of the most, you know, graceful looking players on clay and anybody that's played on clay knows that the footing's not, not as sure, not as certain as it would be on a hard court. So uh, again, the idea with the, that herringbone kind of Chevron pattern is that it just gives you a more kind of consistent uh, grip and then release of the clay out of the shoe uh, because you don't want the thing just clogging up with clay. Um, you know, you'll see the players kind of whacking the sole of the shoe with their racket to, to knock the clay loose. Um, and that pattern allows that to happen. So it's, uh, you know, it seems like that would be too simple to actually work, but uh, it does. I speak from experience there. I, 
I play probably 10% of the time on clay. It's only seasonally here in Ohio, but uh, in the summer and fall. But um, yeah, it's really nice if you're playing on clay, at least relatively consistently, to have a uh, clay court shoe again with that herringbone outsole. It definitely does. It does help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you someone? I'm just curious. Again, it's a bit of a tangent here. You enjoy playing on the clay. Is it easier on the knees? I, I mean, again, I guess now that I'm getting older, as we mentioned at the top, these are the little things I'm looking for. Is clay tennis actually easier on the knees? Uh, that's that's the understanding. Yes. I mean, I can't speak from experience because, knock on wood, I've never had knee problems. But yeah. um, the the idea behind it is that it's not so jarring and pounding as uh you know a concrete court with you know the rubber overlay hard courts would be you know because there's a lot of stopping starting there's not much give to it we're on a clay court i mean you can slide around again you've got to be uh kind of used to that but i think the pounding and um just the fact that there's a little bit of give to the surface on clay that's the thinking with uh the fact that it's a little easier on the joints um you know a lot of courts down south where uh, there are a lot of older players. Um, there's there's a ton of clay courts down south. Not only I think for geography reasons, and you can play on it year round, but I think also it it serves the older maybe the older player um, that needs the court that's a little easier on their joints. I think the clay serves itself well for that. Um, and it's typically it's man it's it's hard true. I mean that's in the U.S. the green clay. That's the majority of what you see here. You don't see much red clay, um, but you know, either one's probably going to be easier on your body than, uh, than hard courts. Um, fortunately yeah. I haven't crossed over into that experience just yet, but I'm sure it's coming. So, um, yeah. And I, I can't say I've played a ton of clay court tennis in my life, but I know there were stretches when I was younger, when we would go train on the hard true, as you mentioned, not a lot of red clay in Michigan, but go train yeah. on the hard true for a week. And you're just like, Oh my God. Like, this is brutal. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. Again, I can only judge it because I agree with you. I'm fortunate that my knees have held up pretty well, other than when they creak every so often. But, you know, again, that's a sign of things to come. But, like, the workout I get on a clay court, I'm like, this is harder than any tennis workout I've ever had. I don't know how this is easier on my knees. It feels pretty stressful. Um, but, you know, again, I'm I, I'm not an expert in the sciences. Everything you read says it's less pressure on the joints, as you mentioned. And so uh, that is interesting. Now, of course, hard true and red clay are not the same thing. But I've, you know, you hear things from people in the tennis industry. I hear people are trying to make a push for more red clay courts in the United States. But I don't mind the hard true i think it's pretty nice well no and i think it's a lot of it's just the fact that there's not a lot of naturally occurring red clay in the u.s exactly. i think it's just hard it's expensive if you want to construct a court with that i mean you'll find some down south but uh, i think geography has just made it um more palatable for most people if they want to do a, a clay court they're going to do hard true because it's you know you can get it's it's readily available you can kind of have it shipped wherever and uh it's not too bad um and it's also supposedly a little more um, consistent in its play, drains a little better. I don't think it looks as cool. I mean, the red clay is just <laughs> just looks so cool. And it's probably because I never really had much chance to play on it growing up. There's certainly none in the Midwest. Um, a little bit down south, uh, a lot in Europe and South America. But, um, yeah, it looks really cool. But, uh, yeah, most of the U.S. on clay, I think they're, they're playing on the hard true. So, but uh, yeah. both good, both good uh, court surfaces. 
No, I legitimately don't – I don't know if there's a red clay court in Michigan because I feel like if there was a red clay court, I would have heard of it, and I don't have one. That jumps into my mind. I, I got to play on it once when I was in Florida, and, yeah, it is a lot of – it's a lot of fun, but, I mean, the heart, true. Yeah, it's tough. It's literally like playing on sand. Well, I, like I, that's not fair. It's like playing on a hard court covered in sand. That's how I would describe a heart, true, and it gets pretty fun. Well, yeah, and the ball jumps up a little higher, and it's, uh, yeah. you know, you got to drag it and, and clean the lines. And there's just, yeah, there's just different, kind of little different nuances to it that, uh, you know, the points are probably a little bit longer. It's a little tougher to put the ball away. You know, you might hit with a little more spin, a little more net clearance. Um, points might be longer. Um, but, yeah, when you play on it, you definitely have an appreciation for what these players go through that are that are winning these professional events on that surface. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's remarkable. It's really remarkable how much that ball jumps up too. Mm-hmm. No, I mean that I. It, it's always you get the funky bounces, and you know I'm going to blame the fact that I can't slide on clay courts on the fact that I'm playing in hard court shoes. Maybe if I had clay court shoes, I would be better at sliding. But no, you're it's right. Just, yeah, the changing it directions. Una- it's brutal. It, it feels unnatural. You're like yeah. I shouldn't be doing this. If I did this yeah. on a hard court, I'd kill myself. So uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree with you. That being said, of course, it is always fun uh, to have the chance to switch surfaces. And I, I mean, you know, in general, we, we sort of talked about the strings, what you want to do when you're changing seasons. But do you change tensions when you're changing surfaces as well? Yeah, you lower it. Uh, I think pretty mm-hmm. consistently. I think you'll even see if you look at stringing logs for the events on tour. I mean, players pretty consistently do that, too as they go from surface to surface, or if they transition to the indoor season, um, they'll, they'll kind of play with their tensions accordingly. But I think pretty consistently, they, most of them do lower their tensions when they go on clay, because again, you want a little more spring, a little more power, um, and lowering the tension will achieve that. I mean, they might only be doing a few pounds, but you know, at the level that they're playing at that, that can make a big difference. Um, I think you might, might see a little more string movement, maybe a little more spin with it too. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, a, a real thing that, that even the average player can benefit from. Um, and then even the, the type of string that you're using, um, you know, if you're used to using polyester, you go over to clay and you string everything the same and leave it the same. I mean, you'll definitely notice that the ball doesn't, doesn't go, uh, quite the same on clay. So, uh, if you're using poly, either back the tension down or you can consider going from a poly to a multi-filament, you know, a string that inherently has a little more spring, a little more resilience to begin with. Um, that might be some things that, uh, that people try uh, when they go from hard court to clay. But yeah, there's definitely, uh, it's kind of like the clay court shoes. Is it mandatory that you do it? No, but it just makes it a little more optimal experience. And if you're playing enough on hard courts and clay courts, Ideally, it's best to have your equipment set up appropriately for each specific surface. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And for all of our listeners' equipment needs, they, of course, can turn to our friends at MidwestSports.com. And I believe, if memory serves me correct, there is a new Wilson Pro staff on the website for those ready to upgrade to the next generation of Wilson. There is. It's uh you know, Rogers racket, right? So it's uh, <laughs> been around forever. They actually are on the uh, 13th iteration of this thing, um, believe it or not. First came out in 1983, and yeah. um, 
you know, it's still very traditional. You know, they've, they've not reinvented the wheel with this this update, but um, you know, it's just a really cool aesthetic. Uh, very black, very sleek, very matte, which is kind of what the racket started as back in the day. And then through the years, they've kind of gone through the different iterations. And again, where this has always been Rogers franchise, um, you know, for the last 20 years or so, you know, they played with the colorways and color schemes and things like that. And this one's really getting back to basics. It really does look like the original ones that came out in the eighties, where it was that matte black finish, kind of the red and uh, red and yellow piping on it. But was just this was some some modern touches. Um, it's got kind of a clear coated portion along the top of the frame where you can actually see the graphite Kevlar braids uh, through the through the clear coat. So just some some cool touches. But you know it's still traditional. It's still about feel. It's still about control. Uh, this is not a racket for a beginner. Um, you know, it's for a you know intermediate to a very advanced player. Player, plenty of players on tour. Uh, Kvitova, Dimitrov, Federer—probably their big three that use the pro staffs. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just kind of a cool, I would say, largely aesthetic update. Uh, again, I don't know how much you change something that's as traditional as the pro staffs have always been. Um, they took countervail out, which was a vibration filtering technology that. Nobody really seemed to love too much, so they did remove that from all the frames. But, uh, you know, other than that, specs are all pretty consistent uh, with the previous models. Um, again, just a cool a cool aesthetic update. Personally, I can't hit with them. I'm not good enough. Um, I, can't, <laughs> I can't hit the ball in the middle of the racket enough to play with these things. I've never been able to play with them, but um, we saw a lot of them. I mean, it's, a, it's a great racket, um, but again, it's for that more advanced player that hits the ball right in the middle every time, um, which I'm not anymore. Um, so yeah. it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, definitely, a, definitely about the control and the feel. So yeah, no, no doubt, no racket better fits a player's personality game style than the Wilson Pro Staff and Roger Federer. It's the elegance, the yeah. simplicity of it all, but then also just the sheer overwhelming talent and beauty. It's like, yeah, I'm going to hit this ball perfectly. It's going to go exactly where I want. It's going to do exactly what I want it to do, and I'm going to win with that. But that also means it's a small margin of error. Again, why are you're not going to you know, fix something that isn't broken, but uh, this is as close to, yeah, sweet spot in the middle. You hit it. It's a good shot. If not, you're in trouble as of a racket as you are going to find. And I don't mean that, again, that's not a diss on the racket. That's just, uh, you, if you're good and you use this racket, it'll amplify that. If you're not good and you try to use this racket, you may struggle uh, a little bit. But yeah, again, the Wilson Pro Staff, it's it's a, it's an iconic, uh, certainly, racket in tennis history. And you you know, again, what what other rackets right now are you seeing as the most popular purchase? What are people turning to? Um, well, yeah, so the Pro Staffs are relatively recent. Um, you know, I, I think last time we talked a little about about the Pure Babylon Pure Drive. I mean, mm-hmm. the new Pure Drive has been extremely well received so far. That one's got a little more, uh, I would say, versatility uh, to it than the Pro Staff. Um, you know good, bad, or otherwise. It just appeals to a little broader spectrum of players uh, because the head's slightly bigger on it, slightly wider beam, a little bit stiffer. Um, just a more modern design where the pro staff's kind of about tradition and control and feel. And, you know, all of those kind of serve a particular niche of player. I just think the Pure Drive uh, maybe is not so much a niche. It's, a, it's just a broader spectrum of players. Um, head's actually got a really cool one coming up that uh, – 
We just started demoing today, so uh, not actually available for sale yet until later in October, but uh, it's the update to the Instinct. So the Instinct was their kind of uh, all around sort of answer to the Pure Drive. That's the best way I can compare it. Uh, it's actually blue, kind of like the Pure Drive as well. So, but just that kind of all around playability. Uh, it's, the Graph Graphene 360 Plus Instinct is the official name of it. But um, so those are coming out. Again, we've got those on the site for demo right now, but that's uh, that's kind of the latest thing coming ahead um, that, uh, that we'll have here shortly. And um, yeah, just not a lot of new racket intros this time of year. I think some things got delayed a little bit because of the pandemic. Uh, typically the fall, later, you know, mid fall is uh, the time for companies to kind of reset and you know, get ready for what's coming for next year. But again, things got some things got delayed a little bit this year. Um, so we do have a few more racket intros this time of year than we normally would. But uh, yeah, there's always some good things out there. Uh, demo program available online too, if you haven't uh, had a chance to hit with them yet. But uh, yeah, there's definitely some cool stuff out there. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, you mentioned the demo program. I say this all the time. If you need someone to just come demo rackets exclusively for you guys, I am the first to sign up. Put me wherever the wait list is, whatever the queue is, I'm number one. Uh, because, yeah, I, I mean, there are so many great rackets out there to try. I try my best to swing with as many different frames as I can. Of course, I still use the Prince Graphite, but that doesn't preclude me from trying a bunch of different things. And what was I playing with the other day? I think I was using some sort of Yonix. I don't remember yeah. what it was exactly, but I was like, oh, I don't hate this either. I was like, I, I, I mean, I'm a fan of all rackets. I always say it's the player. It's not the racket, but that's not true. The racket can obviously um, make a big difference. And again, for uh, all of our listeners out there who are looking for advice, looking for maybe they don't know exactly the racket that suits them, what helps their playing style, what they should be doing tension-wise, et cetera, they can learn all of that information from the Midwest Sports team, correct? Yes, correct. So always, always here to help. Uh, um, you know, we're trying to be uh, uh, a resource for anybody. I mean, if you're new to the game, don't be intimidated by um, coming to a specialist to help you navigate that. You know, if you go to a big box or a chain department store, you know, and, and you have any questions or you need guidance on things, that's really not the place you're going to get that. Um, Ideally, you're going to go to a specialist. That's what we are. So we've, we've got a staff here uh, dedicated to uh, all things tennis. So um, any direction you need, any guidance, you know, we have uh, tips on the website to kind of help you make that decision. Maybe that doesn't completely get you there. So um, we have human beings that answer the phone when you call <laughs> and they're Midwest sports employees and they're in our building you know, always happy to help out and, and kind of guide you in any way that we, that we can. Um, so you feel like you're making an informed decision. You're not just guessing or you're not just reading some random, you know, post out on the internet. Um, if you want some validation or just a second opinion, you know, we're always here to, uh, to, to kind of help guide you there. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to navigate through, but, um, again, that's what we're here to help with. We're not here to judge or to, you know, say, oh, you should know that not at all. And we're here to help you and again to, to help you make the best the best decision for your game. Mm -hmm. No, I know our listeners will love to hear that. By the way, I just needed an update. How was the response? Whomever won the free tickets to next year's Western Southern Open, were they sufficiently amped? 
Of course. <laughs> we always we, we're, we're always sprinkling in these uh, these giveaways. So it's, uh, you know, some of them are a little bigger than others. That one, that was the biggest one we've ever done. So, um, yeah, they were definitely excited. Um, but uh, I'll give a little shout out to the ones we're doing right now because we're, uh, you know, pretty consistently. We've always got things out there to kind of engage with our uh, our followers on. Uh, typically, we drive them through Instagram. Um <laughs> You know, just to, hey, what's the latest and greatest? What's kind of a buzzworthy product out there? Um, you know, so we've always got a, a little menu of, uh, of things out there to, uh, to, to, to throw, throw some things out there. And hopefully in return, you, you follow us on those uh, platforms and uh, get something useful the rest of the year, too. And maybe you get something free out of it <laughs> when we do these giveaways. So um, I've got a few of them to talk about if you'd like me to talk about them. I would please. <laughs> we, we can end here. It's always good when we can tease our listeners with a little bit of a giveaway. Yeah. What can they look forward to? Um, so right now we've got a few things going on. Uh, I've got a, a new Pure Drive giveaway. Uh, we're also doing Mizuno uh, Wave Exceed Tour 4. That's kind of the latest offering from Mizuno's shoe line. And then we're also doing K-Swiss Hypercourt Supreme. So... Some pretty high-end stuff over there. Uh, doing this through Instagram. Uh, you can check out our bio on there, and that'll provide links to all of those sign-ups. But, um, again, keep checking back with us on those because we always have a rotation going on uh, of giveaways. Again, just to keep something fun out there and um, trying to keep people uh, you know, engaged with Midwest sports and the comings and goings and, and all that stuff. So. But, uh, but yeah, check us out on Instagram and, uh, you can find the links for those signups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is awesome. And of course, as all of our listeners know, they can go to MidwestSports.com, find all of the fantastic gear, uh, available. And of course, again, they can contact our friends at Midwest Sports should they have any follow-up questions. But Dave, with that in mind, I'm going to put you on the spot. My final question, uh, the French Open women's and men's singles champions will be, um, well, I mean, and if you would have asked me this two weeks ago, at least the men's, I would have still felt the same. Uh, I mean, Rafa, I mean, Rafa is just, <laughs> it's just incredible. I've been fortunate enough to see him play there too. And it's just, it's just, it's so cool. Like I said, it, it would have been like being able to go to a, you know, a Bulls game during the Michael Jordan era. Um, you know, when you're able to kind of like experience that greatness in person. And I feel like watching Rafa play right now, um, I just I can't help but root for the guy. Nothing against Novak. I know everybody's kind of painting him out to be this bad guy after what happened at the U.S. Open. I, I mean, I, I still like him as a player. Um, still really solid, but sorry, I can't root for him against Rafa at the French Open. Um, so I, I see Rafa taking that one in four. I guess I'm assuming too that Novak beats Sitsipas. That's going on right now, so I guess that's not a given. But um, uh, on the women's side, rooting for Kennan. Uh, at the beginning of this, I don't know that I would have. Um, pegged her to be the one in the final, but the French Open just really tough. If you go back the last five years and you look at the uh, the women's finalists, it's pretty interesting. Um, there's definitely some names in there. You're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I kind of remember her, or wow, I, I completely forgot about her. Um, but it's it's really interesting just to see how the um, the draw really gets shaken up on the women's side. At least over the last four or five years, it seems to be that way. But um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if, uh, I don't even know if I pronounce her name right, Swiatek, Swatek? Yeah, uh, Sviatek. Sviatek, Polish, okay. Mm-hmm. I need to brush up. 
<laughs> since Red, Red Wanska a few years ago. Um, exactly. Cool to see another Polish player emerging, but she looks solid. I mean, she's 19. Um, so hopefully that's an interesting match. I mean, I hope Kennan emerges victorious again. Uh, she's an American. I'm going to root for her. But, um, yeah, it should be uh, – should be interesting to say the least. Hopefully the weather holds out, but I guess they can close the roof now, right? So they don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. It's going to be a fun weekend for sure, and it is always fun for us and our Cracked Rackets fans to get the chance to hear from you, Dave. So again, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Hope you are staying safe and healthy, of course. And as always, look forward to chatting with you again soon. Yeah, likewise. I, I enjoyed it. And uh, thanks, Alex. Thanks, everybody. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, of course. Take care, Dave. All right, you too. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Midwest Sports Dave Blimke. Again, a huge thank you to him for taking the time to join us on the show. And if you have any equipment needs, be sure to turn to our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. Of course, we know all of you listeners getting geared up for championship weekend to follow along with all of the action with us here at cracked at rackets just go to our mini break podcast jamie mcdonald and i recapping each of the day's events of course we also give our picks every day on this podcast platform as well as our youtube channel and you can find all of our content by going to our website crackedrackets.com. you need those more immediate updates twitter instagram youtube facebook we're at cracked rackets you want to message me directly i'm at great shot pod Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Flickner and Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out to our friends at DraftKings, Aerobar, and Midwest Sports as well for their continued support. Shout out to our Patreon subscribers, without whom none of this would be possible. But with that in mind, for our wonderful guests, Dave Limke, our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports, Aerobar, and DraftKings, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say? Hey, great shot. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.